0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Cleveland University, Kansas City. From its roots as a chiropractic college to new degree programs in health sciences, CUKC is educating healthcare professionals focused on next-level health. Learn more at cleveland.edu impact. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi inuji Today is Monday, September 5th. Most of our newsroom is off for Labor Day, so we're bringing you two investigations from the Midwest Newsroom based here at KCUR. First, residents of Southeast Missouri are still living with the toxic repercussions of the lead mining industry, even though the last lead mine in the old's lead belt closed in 1972. Now, a different type of mine wants to move in, but residents fear history could repeat itself. The Midwest Newsroom's Niara Savage reports.
1: Pickle Creek runs two miles through St. Genevieve County's Sandstone Valleys in Missouri. The clear stream is lined with flowering shrubs and is home to 20 native fish species. Neighbors are worried the health of the waterway and its surroundings could change if next gen silica gets full approval to mine sandstone on a 249 acre plot of land.
0: We want to raise our kids in like this beautiful outdoorsy environment with farm life and all these things. And then now we have this potential threat to our children's like health and development.
1: Lifelong St. Genevieve resident Jillian Ditch Anslow is mom to a 14-month-old daughter. She started Operation Sand to fight back against the mine. Anslow lives less than a quarter of a mile away from the mine's proposed entrances. She and her neighbors don't have to look far to see the devastating effects of mining on a small town. St. Genevieve sits in an area known as the Old Lead Belt, where mining went on for centuries. There is literally a super fun site setting in the middle of town that they can't walk now. That for decades it was just loose blowing lead everywhere. That St. Francis County resident Samantha Daniele, who grew up in the area, when mining ended in the old lead belt, several large areas of mine wastes were left behind. Years of blowing winds and runoff from rain have supercharged the toxins' reach. Jason Gunther is with the Environmental Protection Agency and oversees remediation work in the Big River Mine-Tailing Superfund site, including St. Francis County.
0: This material also sat above these towns. Some of these piles
2: were 300 feet above the, the neighboring towns, you know, and they would blow. Not just, uh, not just gravel-sized material, these are also much finer materials.
1: He estimates the soil on 5,000 properties in St. Francis County has been contaminated by lead. Natural levels of lead in soil typically range from 50 to 400 parts per million. But on the Superfund site...
2: It's not uncommon to see some that are above 2,000 parts per million.
1: Remediation work is expected to end in 2030. Meanwhile, locals are worried about how the lead contamination affects their crops. Jeff Wenzel is with the Bureau of Environmental Epidemiology with the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services.
0: We see uptake in plants, especially plants like, like kale. Those green plants that can live multiple years or come back year after year, especially, can have a pretty high lead accumulation.
1: There is no safe level of lead for the human body, according to the World Health Organization. When it comes to silica, direct exposure is associated with lung conditions like silicosis. Bobby Shaw is a pulmonologist at St. Luke's Hospital in Chesterfield, Missouri, a little more than an hour north of the proposed NextGen mine.
2: We definitely have known for decades that silica itself is harmful to the lungs. You know, the people most at risk for exposure are the ones that are directly working with it, with the miners, sandblasting, cutting stone.
1: He says more research is needed on how a silica mine might affect nearby communities. Back in St. Genevieve, Jillian Anslow, who leads Operation San, wants to keep her town from becoming a case study for how silica mining impacts human health. I don't want my daughter to be where it's like, okay, let's come and sample and let's
0: monitor the children's health in St. Genevieve County. Like, I don't want our county to be the study. I don't want
1: any county to be
0: the study, right?
1: Right now, NextGen is challenging an ordinance prohibiting new mines from opening within a half mile of schools, towns, churches, and public wells. General Manager Clark Bollinger says NextGen has a plan to mitigate the mine's impact on local residents. The company must still receive water and air permits from the state. For the Midwest Newsroom, I'm Niara Savage.
0: This story comes to us from a collaboration between the Missouri Independent and the Midwest Newsroom investigating levels of lead in children. For decades, seed companies have hired Midwest teenagers to walk fields of corn and help out with pollination in a process called detasseling. It's fondly seen as a local rite of passage. But an investigation by the Midwest Newsroom found seed companies are now opting to hire migrant workers instead. Nebraska Public Media's Will Bauer reports.
2: Okay, so these are Kuni Kuni pigs, K-U-N-E, K-U-N-E. And they actually are a red meat? Heather Scar owns a pig farm near Adair, Iowa, a small town a little over halfway between Omaha and Des Moines. In addition to her specialty pigs, she ran a detasseling business. For 11 years, Scar hired teenagers to pull the tassel off the top of corn stalks, preventing self pollination, for both bear and agri genetics. Many detasseling contractors, like Scar, say the ritual is important for the Midwest, one that's possibly being lost. Earlier this year, AgriLant called her and said they were going with migrant crews. Scar says that's a blow to Midwest teens. They learn those qualities and character-building opportunities, I guess, that detasseling provides. I mean, we're going to lack that in our rural communities now that kids can't do detasseling. Today, seed companies increasingly rely on temporary migrant workers visiting the U.S. with H-2A visas. For example, Syngenta, one of the biggest seed companies in the country, fills a quarter of its detasseling workforce with migrant labor. The caveat? The H-2A program wasn't built to supply a workforce. Just fill in the gaps. And Nebraska's labor commissioner, John Albin, says there's hundreds of middle and high schoolers who want these jobs. But he says he found seed companies sometimes posted jobs that act as barriers for teens. Here's what he found. Unreasonable experience requirements, setting the minimum age at 18 when 12-year-olds can legally do the work, detasseling crops that don't need it, and working all the way into October.
0: You don't have to be an agronomy major to know that nobody's detasseling in Nebraska in October.
2: Albin raised those concerns with the U.S. Department of Labor. Now, Albin and his team can veto job requirements they find to be deceitful or disingenuous. And they get most of them, which ideally opens up the hiring process for more local teens. That's not exactly happening, Albin says. It
0: seemed to us that there had been a decision made at somewhere in the corporate structures of this, that they wanted to move away from having youth working in their fields doing the detasseling process.
2: On the flip side, H-2A contractor Javier Chapa says migrant workers are helping where they're needed. Chapa contracts business with Remington Seeds, a company with a plant in central Nebraska.
0: H-2A needs to be here because they have to keep the economy moving. And and we're not talking just for Nebraska, we're talking for all over the United
2: States. For the most part, H-2A workers come from Mexico in search of better wages, where they can make more here in a few months than they could in a year back home. Chapa says his company made the transition to H-2A workers around 2013. That's when he says he started noticing teenagers weren't applying for the detasseling jobs.
0: We don't find enough people wants to do the job. And I understand the reason because it's a hard work. I mean, the youngest generations, they go to school to try not to be on the fears.
2: A spokesperson for Syngenta said the seed company needs flexibility for detasseling. When a field needs to be detasseled, it's got to get done. Having a mixture of local teenagers and migrant crews allows that flexibility. Danny Raynaga is a lawyer that specializes in farm workers' rights in Nebraska's panhandle. He says, yes, companies choose migrants because they want productivity. But that can lead to violations.
0: The fact of the matter is that H-2A workers are vulnerable uh, to, to a large extent. Most would say probably more vulnerable than U.S. workers for a variety of reasons.
2: Many H-2A workers often don't speak English, and farmworker advocates say migrants may not know their rights or fear what could happen if they speak up. In Lincoln, 13-year-old Daniel Miller got waitlisted for a detasseling job this year. His mom did the job when she was a teenager. So I thought it would be a cool thing, fun. Well, not really fun, but maybe fun. (laughs) Something to do that would get me some money. Miller is already 5'9", perfect for grabbing the tall corn tassels. He and his mom hoped a tassling would be a good first job this summer. He wants to save up for a PlayStation. He says he plans to apply again next season. For the Midwest Newsroom, I'm Will Bauer.
0: Both of these stories come to us from the Midwest Newsroom, a collaboration among NPR and public radio stations in Kansas, Missouri, Iowa, and Nebraska. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Niara's story about next-gen silica and Will's story about detasseling, visit KCUR.org, where you can find more regional news from Kansas City's NPR station. Tomorrow, we'll bring you an interview with Missouri's Secretary of State about a new controversial voter ID law. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. You don't have to travel far to discover something new. KCUR's Creative Adventure email can help. Our weekly adventures will help you discover new ways to explore the Kansas City region. Join the adventure and subscribe at kcrorg adventure.